0: Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 288 and it is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I am your host, Victor Amoyo. And with me as always, it's my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's
1: happening, everybody?
0: That's right. And joining us live in the Codex Prime Zoom studios, we have two uh, Rhode Island-based stand-up comedians. First, we have the Rhode Island's whitest Mexican comic, Kirsten Logan. And he and he's also a regular at the uh, Rhode Island Comedy Connection, and also performs at clubs and theaters throughout the East Coast and in Canada. Party people, please welcome Frank Anthony Gazero. Welcome. Oh. All right.
2: Happy to be here. Thank you for
0: having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah,
1: uh, welcome, welcome to the show, uh, Carl. Uh, I wow, I was. <laughs> I really was not expecting that, but it threw me <laughs> off, but I'm so glad it
0: did. <laughs> yeah, I just took a look at your uh, Instagram, uh, Kirsten, and I saw that. I was like, yeah, I have to read this on the air. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, awesome.
3: I haven't seen another white comedian that's Mexican around here.
0: Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah the it's, comedy. Uh, Indeed. I love comedy. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk a bit we'll talk a bit about your work and you know what you guys have been up to and um also we'll get into some fun some fun questions as well. Uh, before we get started in, in earnest, I uh, do want to give a quick shout out to two of our sponsors uh, on the Codex Prime podcast. First is Silk City Hot Sauce. Uh, Silk City Hot Sauce. They are a Vermont-based uh, uh, business, and they ca- they have all sorts of unique hot sauce flavors, ranging from Erotic Fever to uh, Badass Jew to Bob Levy's uh, Blue Cheese uh, flavor. Um, and they're, and there's <laughs> That's also <so> good. <laughs> it is um, also all sorts of flavors that you can put on all sorts of dishes. Let your imagination run wild. Uh, go to SilkCityHotSauce.com, Use the promo code Codex. That's C-O-D-E-X, and you'll get 15% off of your order. And also, uh, we'll give a shout-out to our other sponsor and dear friend of the show, Infamous Customs. That's M-F-A-M-U Customs, uh, Rhode Island-based business. They can they make all sorts of uh, custom-made merch, apparel, including Codex Prime t-shirts. Uh, so uh, check them out uh, at uh, InfamousCustoms.com. That's M-F-A-M-U Customs.com uh, and Instagram. Uh, and that's from our dear friend of the show, Afton Ward. Uh, she's also the Cider Hunter as well. So, you did that under one breath. I did, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was impressive.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, just had to, you know, get it all in there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Frank, uh, Kirsten, um, how's life? What's, uh, what's going on in y'all's world? It's
3: good. It's uh, busy. For me, it's yeah.
2: busy. Yeah? Okay. yeah, it's very busy.
0: Indeed. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and how long have you two been uh, stand-up comedians?
3: Um, I've been one for six years. I think I'm seven and a half or eight or something like that.
0: Okay. Interesting. And, yeah. Yeah. And and what was it? Uh, what was it that got you both into into the field?
4: to go first. You can go first. All right. Um, I always liked comedy. It just never uh, occurred to me that. It was something I could do. I never even really thought about how you might get started doing it. And then I was just listening to a podcast and they were talking about open mics and I just decided to, to give it a try. Cool. So, so I wound up, I took a comedy class
3: and then I just kept going. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I, I, um, I watched this documentary by Bonnie McFarlane called women aren't funny. Um, and it's fantastic. It's uh, women aren't funny at all. And we, uh, I watched that, and then like a couple of weeks later, I was on OK Cupid, and a guy asked if I wanted to uh, date him, and I did not. And he was like, "I'm going to this open mic," and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds better than dating you." Oh. Uh, <laughs> so he was like, "Why don't you just like go up for a few minutes?" And I did, and. Then I never stopped. He told me I was a
1: diamond in the rough. So <laughs> <laughs> that person wasn't me. For the okay, I was I was yeah, ready yeah. to ask that. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, she's not diamond.
3: No.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, interesting. And like, um, and and getting into uh, a com- uh, comedy, like, what was it like? Uh, in, like in the early days, like in your first sets, like, was it how nerve wracking was it? Like, did you, did you, did you guys bomb? Did you just kill it every time? Like, was it just like serendipitous? <laughs>
4: I still haven't bombed. I don't know. I've just never, no. Wow. That's not true. That's not true
1: at all. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, you know what? No, no for everybody when they start, um, you bomb
4: the majority of the time. For a long time. Like, a good set is, like, the rare thing. So it's a lot of open mics and trying jokes. I, Me, personally, I'm not sure about Kristen, but I never dealt with stage fright that much. It was more just... I, I beat myself up imagining what everybody's going to think about what I had written. Like, oh, he's a crappy joke writer. He sucks, whatever. So but that's, So that used to make me nervous. But it's a, it's a lot of open mics and five minutes here and five minutes there and bombing and eating horrible shit. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <clears throat> it's rough. So five minutes on stage is doing, you know, telling jokes it seems like an eternity. The, I mean, does is something like that, like, eventually go away after a while?
3: it does yeah 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 eventually you don't realize how much time you're doing and then you look up and you're like oh wow that's like the most i've ever done um so ideally like you're cutting that set down and trying to make it perfect but um yeah five minutes is not enough time i feel like yeah and a lot of times especially oh sorry what i said i like stories so like Oh, yeah. To tell the story, I have to get them to know me.
1: Gotcha. Now, like, so who are some of your uh, inspirations as far, you know, as far as, you know, comedy goes?
3: Right. Um, Dave Attell, for sure. I think he was, he was absolutely my number one until I watched Jessica Kirsten recently. Okay. She's amazing. Yeah, she's a beast. <laughs> and right. then you like Nate Bargatze. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. when I was younger, George Carlin was huge for me. Uh,
2: Mark Marin's is one of my favorites. He's, his podcast is the reason I started.
1: Oh, was it? Yeah. Yes. So, um, I hate it when that happens. Like, I have something, and then it just kind of goes away. Um, yeah, it'll come back. Eventually. Probably in the middle of the night, I'm just, like, sleeping, and <laughs> boom, it pops in, and then I get mad at myself for, like, a day. <laughs> yeah. I do that all the
3: time.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, how did you guys? How did you guys get involved with the uh, comedy connection?
4: Um, for me, I took so when I first started, I took like a five week course, one night a week, or it wasn't even a course. It was, um, and it was held at the connection. But all it was was um, Brian Bowden, Ray Harrington, Derek Fado. They're three headliners from this area, um, incredible comedians. But they basically do a thing where it's sort of like a an open mic that they run, you sign up for it, but it's technically a class where they give you pointers and kind of just show you how not to look like an asshole when you actually start going to open mics, right. you know? So I found it very helpful. Um, it wasn't like how to be funny or how to write a joke or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it was just how to like, how to go up and where to put the mic stand and what not to do with the microphone and, and things like that. Um, and then, but getting in at the club. So that's how I met them and the people who work at the club. And then over the years, you just kind of, you perform there whenever you can. You do small shows, short little spots here and there. And eventually, you know, if they like you, if you do well, then they'll have you host shows and things like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I got involved because I believe in sleeping with the bottom. Um, so, yeah, (laughs) but I got it. I, so like, if you want to do a club, right. And they don't know you, a huge thing is just showing up all the time, showing up, watching comedians, doing... uh, Do you guys... Are are you familiar with bringer shows? No, I'm not. So bringer shows are really common for young comics, and basically you bring three or four or five people, and then you get to perform because you brought those people. Oh, okay. So you do a lot of bringers when you start out, and we all did them. We all dragged our friends over and over again.
4: (laughs) It's kind of like the amateur night for the club, because it's a way, on an off night, the club can be open and actually have an audience and pay the bills to be open. Right. And also, it gives young comics who really don't deserve to be performing in the comedy club uh, a chance to do that. Oh, huh,
1: good. Yeah. yeah, and over time, it's a way for the owners to see you and things like that. Yeah. And now I remember my uh, question, good thing it's still on the show. So how did you two meet, and was it in the yeah. comedy scene?
3: It was, yeah. yeah. Oh. The scene's too small. Like we, There's there's no one who doesn't know each other in Rhode Island. It's very incestuous. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it really
4: is. Yeah, a lot of moms and sons doing horrible things. <laughs> no.
2: Uh, no, we were in a, a venue. Is this still up in
4: Firehouse 13 in Providence? They used to do an open mic and music stuff.
1: And on the south side, that's behind JD, well, used to be JD Byrider?
3: I don't know. I'm it's, not great with directions. It's behind the McDonald's? Yeah. Where someone got shot?
4: Yeah, it's not the best neighborhood, probably. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Home sweet home no, for me. But... <laughs> <someone got shot.
4: laughs> no, I, well, we used to go to that mic all the time. And uh, yeah, it is funny. She mentioned that because one night when we were there, I went, I left to go across the street to get uh, a cheeseburger in the middle of the open mic. And I walked over. And there was police tape everywhere. Cops were there. Somebody had been stabbed or shot or something. Um, and I just walked right through it, and I got a cheeseburger, and nobody stopped me. <laughs> 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 but um, we were there, and I didn't know her, and she ordered a beer. And she went, oh, this is too sweet. And I said, oh, is it like like it's over fermented? And I thought I was like exercising some beer knowledge, and like she's gonna be like, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "No, it's like they added too much yeast during the second fermentation." Yeah. And I kind of fell in love.
3: Too much sugar. Mm. Yeah, because we I both beer
4: bonded over.
3: You shamed you. You've forgotten the face of your father. What did I do? You said yeast. It's, it's oh sugar. Yeah, yeah yeah. It was supposed to
2: be sugar. <laughs> the word.
3: Yeah. Like That's how we met.
1: And she fell in love with me and stuff. Oh, she fell in love with you. Okay.
3: We did we did a podcast together, too. Um, like, we weren't on it together until later. But, like, they invited me on, and I was so excited because, you know, young comic. And um, during the podcast at one point, completely unrelated to whatever we were talking about, I just went, why do you have a giant scar on your face? <laughs> Because you like guys can right see it. Oh man! Yeah, we yeah can. it's like literally across his face. Yeah,
1: I can kind of make it out. It's pretty
3: light now, but yeah,
4: I just was in a car accident when I was seventeen. Oh. It wasn't a big deal, <laughs> but I
3: got, I got that. Oh, dude! Yeah. Super subtle and smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Why so do does your face look weird? <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys
1: practice your material on uh, uh, on each other?
3: We will run ideas and in, in lines by each other. Yeah. It's not like, hey,
4: sit on the couch and let me perform this new thing I wrote for you. It's more like, like, hey, I'm thinking of a joke about, you know, lambs and farms and airplanes. And uh, I'm
3: thinking like, blah, blah, blah. What do you think?
4: And, you know, it'll be like, oh, that's good. Or maybe you could add this. Or maybe do it a different, you know.
3: Mostly we say, like that. that could be funny, which is like our sweet way without saying like, that. I have no interest. Your, that was a terrible joke. Yeah. So we both thought,
2: that
4: that could work. Yeah. I I'll usually be like, yeah, well, you know, try it out and see how it goes.
1: <laughs> oh, so you just let her, but you just let her bomber jokes.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, she does the same for me. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. And really, the bombing never stops. It's just
3: it becomes less frequent the longer you do it. God. Uh, like we still eat horrible buckets of poop all the time. <laughs> but it, like. That's- Sorry, as comics, uh, like, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm a little bit high. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it's point is it's normal. To, you learn more from a bomb than you do from a great
4: set.
2: Really? Oh, so.
3: yeah. The, the funniest thing, I'm sorry, the funniest thing in the world is watching another comic bomb. So, like, if we can intentionally set someone else up to bomb, it's like it, you'll, you'll only hear the comics in the back of the room just die it that's how you know, like, they know that you just fucked up on stage. Damn, I don't even yeah. know and Greg, did you try to do that only in situations where it's not going to be a big yeah. deal, you know, yeah. you wouldn't do it at a club or
4: something, yeah. but no. open mics or local bar shows and things, there's a lot of bar shows where you show up to perform and it's a bunch of people watching a, a game and they don't even know there's a show going on <laughs> and they don't even turn around. They're just looking at the TV and sometimes they leave the TVs and the volumes up and everything. So it's easy to bomb in those situations.
1: Oh, there you go. And <laughs> nobody's paying attention. So you can probably <laughs> secretly I don't know what it is about roasting people right today, but it's like I think like that's probably the best time to roast somebody and they're not even paying attention.
3: They wouldn't yep. even notice. Yeah. Yeah. My record is twenty three televisions in the room. Wow. Where so, was that? I was wrong. It was uh it was like is the second to last show I did before we closed for COVID. Um, in Providence, G-pub?
4: Yep. G-pub. Oh, yeah. G pub. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I did a, a big sports bar in New Hampshire once that had the whole place was lined with screens and, uh, I mean TVs, and they had giant like eight foot screens for the football game. So it was like, there was, it was so bright in there. It hurt your eyes. And then in the corner, I stood over there telling jokes and this old cowboy guy at the bar afterwards was
1: like, I'll buy you a beer. That didn't go great. (laughs) And I was like, all right, thanks. (laughs) You know what? Why not? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Nothing is worse, though. Like, TVs are bad, but nothing is worse than doing, like, a fundraiser where the dead child is put up behind you while you're telling jokes.
1: Oh, man.
3: That's more distracting than anything.
1: I feel like that has happened, and I kind of want to know that story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it happened to me. Oh. Uh, I don't know if it happened to you. I was at, <clears throat> I was hosting a
4: fundraiser. Um, so at the Comedy Connection, really most places, you can rent it out if you want to have an event there, like in, the, in an afternoon or an afternoon. Or something. So a Sunday afternoon, it was a fundraiser for a charity, and I think it was the people who organized it had a baby that died or something like that, mm. and it was a charity to raise money for whatever problem was you know whatever the medical condition was right so it's a great cause and they're all very nice people so i'm talking before the show and it's all very nice and then right as the show's starting um i notice there's a big framed picture in the middle of like the stage so right behind the mic stand and it's of the baby right it's a very nice picture and uh this woman goes up and it's the the mom and she tells a story thanks everyone for coming and then she tears up a little and talks a little more and then says, I got to go in the bathroom and cry. And someone else is like, you're doing good, Brenda, or whatever your name was. And then she goes, all right, here's your first comedian, Frank DeZero. Oh. And I just <laughs> wandered up.
1: <laughs> like, how so you come uh, back from that? Like, that's just rough. uncomfortable.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of got to try to, like, reset things. There's little tricks you can do. Get people to clap, say, yeah, we're welcome to be here. And, like, you kind of got to just do get them to participate
3: enough to make them kind of reset. I personally go with, don't think about your dead baby. Don't think about your dead <laughs> baby. It was like the 90th time. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: But the show wound up going really well, well you know, okay. but it's one of those things where beforehand I was like, son of a bitch. What am I? What
4: the, you know, how are you going to be like, so my dick's buddy? And then there's like a baby right behind you. You know, it's
0: very weird. <clears> hmm. <throat> Uh, that's that's just, that's just like like a minefield like wrapped in barbed wire and it is you know, that's yeah. when you do I'm
4: gonna do my allotted time I'm gonna bring up the next comic and get the hell off the stage mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's like one of the situations where you try to be at be on stage like as least as possible yeah
3: yeah, yeah. yep and, or I'll yeah. go with some weird bizarre story cause I'm like well it's gonna fail anyway might as well fail with this one <laughs> Yeah, that, that happens a lot with private events.
2: So,
4: like, you'll get tied into a fundraiser or whatever, a birthday party. Who knows? And it might be held at someone's house or in a function hall somewhere, and you never know what's going to happen. Like, I, I, was, I did a church, a birthday party once. It was a birthday party. turned out it was in a church basement because the congregation was invited on a Sunday afternoon, and, like, half the room was full of kids. And we're all there, and we're all, like, you know, young comics and all... When you, when you start off, it's easy to write dick jokes. So that's all we had. Mm. So we did it to these church ladies. Me too. You know, it was uh,
3: brutal. Yeah. Yeah,
4: it was brutal.
0: Yeah, yeah And also, um, in addition to, like, having awkward and brutal sets like that, I'm sure you've... Both of you have had experience dealing with some hecklers as well. Like, um, what, what, is, what have been... Some of your most memorable stories in dealing with people trying to interrupt your set. You
3: well, you ju- you just had one the other day. Yeah, but I just talked. You tell your. Thing. All right. Um, I th- I think one of the funniest, but like, what the fuck moments for me was, uh, I we were doing like a biker rally, <laughs> um, okay. in broad daylight. You know, four in the afternoon with again kids running around families running around um and they were raising money for a good cause uh but i went on stage and like one of the bikers was like hey show us your tits and i don't want to get murdered (laughs) so so i showed my tits um no i didn't no i was i just i'm Made something super unclever, like, like show us your dick, and it didn't go very well. But he actually got beat up later, so Ooh. Um, oh my he God. hit on the head guy's wife. So, like the head guy from the biker group. So oh. karma's a bitch.
1: Well, that'll, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. But Damn. that is not a good idea. No, no, no not at all. <laughs>
4: yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, I did a show the other day. Um, it's weird with a heckler because if I'm in, at least for me, because I don't do a lot of crowd work, I pretty much do the what I write. Um, so if I'm not trying to do crowd work and I'm not like in that mindset, it's hard for me to shift gears sometimes. So I'm doing my set and everything's going fine. And I said something about how I don't have kids. And this woman yelled something like, like, oh, it's probably because of your hairline or something like that. And then I ignored her and she yelled something else when she yelled. Something like, I think something again about my hairline or my weight or something. And normally it wouldn't bother me. Like I wouldn't be upset. I would have just kind of joked around about it. But I lost my temper and I was just like, shut the fuck up, you dumb whore. And I just yelled at her. And then the audience applauded. And then I just kept going with the show.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I am not proud of that behavior. I'm not proud Frank of
1: it either. Frank snaps at Finn. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, what was funny
4: is right before that, like a minute before, I said something. It might have been more about the kids joke. It doesn't matter. I said something. And for some reason, like the audience laughed like they normally would, but one woman like at the end of the laugh toward the front went, aw, like she felt bad for me. And I I don't know why. I really don't know why she did that. But then when she did it, I heard like two other people. And then a minute later, the lady heckled. So I think at that point, a portion of the crowd was kind of like ah, feeling that way. They kind of yeah. were already on my side. So then they were like, "You can't pick on him." We just awed at him, you know. So they were all liked it when I yelled at the one shit. Oh man! But I do feel bad. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have.
3: Uh, yeah. I lost should my temper. Should I tell the Mongoloid story? Yeah, could. You just said it, so
1: go <laughs> for it. Oh yeah, where once you once you mention it, we're kind of invested already. <laughs> yeah. Um.
3: So we like. I I've worked in emergency medicine and our humor is real dark. Um, and being Mexican, it's always like that, like a little bit darker tone humor. But um, I used to have a joke. It was based That's on a skin a color thing. joke. No, when Frank when Frank and I started dating, he would say Mongoloid all the time, and I didn't I had never heard it, but I knew what it meant, like as far as like someone who is a dummy. Um, I did not know that it was a slur for mentally challenged people. Um, it used to be a medical term. It used to be a medical term.
4: Uh, on paperwork, it would say this person is a mongoloid idiot. Yep. Which so, I don't think we ever should have abandoned that. That's very funny. But, uh, sorry, keep
3: going. It's okay. Um, so a coworker explained it to me, and I used to tell the joke, like, I just found out the other day that I can't say the word mongoloid. It's a slur for mentally challenged people. Uh, I found out the other day and I was like, oh, shit, I'm such a, and I say R-word. So, full R-word. You never go full (laughs) 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 R-word. And so I did this. My friend had literally told me before we started, look at that kid, he's R-worded. And I was like, yeah, he looks like it. Look at that calculator watch. Um, But like, he didn't really look like it. So I go up, I do that joke. I get off stage and my friend is like, what is wrong with you? I told you that kid is mentally challenged. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So I went up to his handler and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry about that. And she said, don't worry. It goes over his head. So I learned my lesson, right. (laughs) No, wrong. Two weeks later, I'm doing that joke again in the bar. Oh, man. I say the whole joke, and some guy goes, Hey, there's one right here. And I was like, That's a, that's almost worse, pointing.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, that was actually my next question, too. It's like, Have you dealt with, like, some, you know, one of those like very PC hecklers who would like get offended for somebody else. Like I remember hearing this joke saying like one comedian was making fun of a blind guy and the blind guy was just having a ball, and some lady just gets up and she was like, "Oh, I'm offended for him." And then the comedian asked the blind guy, "Have you seen that?" I was like, "Do you know who that woman is?" She and the blind guy goes, "I haven't seen that woman in the day of my life." <laughs> I was that's like, perfect. I, I see yeah. what you did. I was like, that's, I, that's actually pretty clever. Yeah, it is.
4: Yeah, it's
3: quick. There's definitely, there's definitely jokes where it's like, so I again like I go a little darker, um, but I try to be really smart if I'm gonna write a dark joke. Um, and I have a joke that says like, I did something super super white, and I'm still not I'm not sure what the whitest thing you can do actually is. Um, but I always say I did something super white. It's probably the whitest thing you could do besides like owning another person.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
3: If, that's a pretty white thing to do. It's a pretty white thing to do. Mostly white people have done that. Yeah. I can't yeah. really think of anyone that's not white that's done that. Um but I I love that joke. But sometimes if there's like if it's all white people, they will laugh less than if it's a mixed race crowd mm-hmm. because they are worried that they will offend someone who's not even there <laughs> yeah yeah
0: well, i mean i mean it's i mean it's it's, his, it's it's history can't can't really ignore it i mean unless you're one of those you know legislators trying to ban you know the teaching <laughs> of you know anything related to uh actual american history but yeah it's craziness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it
2: is tough.
4: Though the white people are really the, the biggest problem, really with with
3: anything like that. In anything in life, white yeah. people are usually the biggest problem.
4: Like it's always, if anyone is going to be upset, it's always some like college age white person.
3: Mm.
4: Like for, like I, I have a joke um, that makes fun of Kirsten. I'm a, it's a little person. It doesn't matter. One <laughs> night, uh, the joke is about one night we were drunk. This was like a year ago. Um, we don't drink anymore, but we were hammered and, uh, we were, you know, being married. And, uh, she was like, so are you going to do me good? or Are you going to do me like a white boy? Right. That's it. She kind of like blurted it out, forgot she said it. And then I think we fell asleep or something like nothing happened. You know what I mean? And she didn't remember saying it the next day. And, uh, and I thought it was
3: hilarious. Drunk. We were drunk.
4: Yeah. So I wrote a whole like bit about it. And, um, but when I say that line, right, it either kills, like it's either like everybody laughs or there's like a couple giggles and everyone looks at me really, really intently as if they're afraid they're going to get in trouble, you know? And uh, and it's the weirdest thing. And the other night I did the joke and everyone tightened up right away and I went, it's all right, she's Mexican. And then everyone went, oh, and they all laughed. <laughs> Mm. I've even had to point, I've been like white people, everyone is laughing. everyone's like look around you, it's
0: okay yeah, mm-hmm. wow. um, yeah. and yeah, and, and also too like um uh, on a similar path are, are there are there any subject any subjects that that either of you feel are too taboo to joke about at least at least for for you guys personally, or do you think that pretty much anything is like up for grabs
3: um I think my jokes prove
2: that
3: everything's up for grabs. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's
4: like, um, it's like, it's a, I think it's a combination of two things. But yes, yeah, so everything's up for grabs. A combination of like, uh, where you put it and how you structure your set, because you got to let the audience get to know you. Like, if you notice yeah. a lot of comics, they're not going to do really dirty or offensive stuff until a little bit later in the set. Right. Because the audience needs to kind of warm up to them first to even hear it. You know, Mm -hmm. and the other thing is the hard. the more touchy, the subject matter, the harder it is to write. So it becomes like this exercise, you know, so you have to like figure out how can I write this thing that's going to turn everyone off. That's going to, and so how can I keep them, keep them with me the whole time? You know, it's like, I think of it, I I tell, I've told like so many people, I think that like certain things, like if you want to write a rape joke, right. That's one of like the worst things ever to joke about. But there's a lot of like dumb, edgy comics who are like, oh, I joke about everything. And they have these horrible, horrible jokes that aren't funny, you know. Yeah. But but we've also heard comics who have jokes that are funny, that involve them, you know. And it's like, so for a brand new comic, they're usually like, I want to be like Anthony Jeselnik or one of these edgy guys and write these jokes. And it's like, you got to understand, that's a black belt move, like that's a that's showing the audience like you're you're not just saying I'm gonna joke about this thing, you're saying, I'm a good enough writer to yeah. make this work. Right. And it's like and if you don't even know how to do that yet, how to write a simple joke, writing a complex one is like way over your head. You know, that's when audiences really get pissed off when someone's just screaming
2: nonsense. Mm-hmm. You
4: know.
3: I like that, I like that challenge better, which is why I think I try harder with those jokes because I wanna I want to make people able to laugh at humor rather than have to wait for a situation where it's appropriate to laugh at humor.
1: Gotcha.
3: So like just prodding the bear a little bit. I want to make you think about like what's actually offending you. Mm -hmm.
1: Gotcha. Now, now how, how often do you guys joke around each other in your sets? A
3: lot. Um,
4: 50 percent yeah probably half pretty much all my relationship related stuff yeah yeah it's probably probably
3: half yeah like 10 minutes on us
1: yeah i think because all right because actually and i was telling uh this before while we were setting up like one joke that actually stood out was when i was watching you i was watching you at uh chuck and brad's uh one of chuck and brad's shows shout outs to them and you made a joke about your husband's initials.
3: Yeah.
1: And ever since then, I could not forget <laughs> and like your husband's name because of, like
3: of joke. that joke. Yeah,
4: that's a good example of a joke that's like, it's a touchy subject, you know, so you got to be careful when you try to put it together.
3: It's really about like how many times you say it, and I can't figure out what that number is. Because if you say it a lot, at some point it becomes funny again. But if you say it too little, like there's there is a there's a, a starting point and then there's another point later on somewhere between those two. Yeah. initials are F A G yeah. for everyone listening. Yeah. Those are my real life
4: initials.
3: Yeah. Most of like most of our, I don't think I have any jokes that aren't based on something that's real in my life. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, I, also, um, uh, while we're while we're talking about uh, thinking about like other stand up comedians, um, I do have a, a couple of a few a few fun questions. Uh, some this a, a segment that I took from a podcast a podcast I listened to. Uh, Jamel Hill is unbothered, and she asks her guests. Uh, she plays a game called This or That where she gives our guests two choices, and they have to pick one. There's no fence-sitting. They have to pick one or the other. Like The fate of the world depends on their answer. Mm. So I do have a few uh, c- comedy-related uh, this or that's uh, for you We're all. We're
3: not going to agree on anything,
1: most likely. <laughs> oh, same, same same, as us. We <laughs> debate all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, e- e- even better. So, yeah, uh, we'll begin with the, uh, the first uh, comedy this or that. Uh, George Carlin or Bill
1: Hicks?
3: Carlin. Carlin. Carlin?
1: All right. Oh, okay. see, there you go. You agreed on something. Okay. Yeah. Nice.
3: It's the first thing ever. It's amazing. Mm.
1: Even, about, even about, like, what you guys want to eat?
3: Uh, I just let him choose. Okay. We're pretty good about that. Yeah. I don't care. If I want something, I say I want it. And if I don't, then I don't. Like, I'm not playing those women games. No. None of that.
1: <laughs> Y'all hear that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, well, well, we'll get we'll get to some food food ones in a bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, we got one. Another one. Uh, Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle? Oh. Mm, fuck.
2: I, I I go Chappelle, but
3: yeah. I I grew up with Chappelle
2: more than I did Chris Rock. Other yeah. way
1: around. I grew up with more Chris Rock than Chappelle. But damn, that
3: was a hard.
4: That's I, a hard one. I'd have to. I'd have to go with Chappelle. Even though I
3: absolutely love Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. The only the Chris Rock I know is uh what was that? Down to Earth? Mm-hmm. Down to Earth. You know that movie? Oh yeah. I remember, I remember yeah, that. I remember
1: when he died yeah. when he died in That's, and that's, that's
3: all I know about Chris Rock. Really? Really? You haven't seen like Never I've Scared or Black Really? Yeah, but you know, oh. you know I don't because I don't want to copy him. Like I don't want to be <laughs> like Chris Rock. You know how it is.
4: I, I don't think you're you're gonna you're at risk of picking up too much of his mannerisms or whatever. It would be though if you did, it would be
3: hilarious. Next thing you know, I'm watching Eddie Murphy. I'm wearing leather. You no. <laughs> You're like walking
4: back and forth on the stage,
1: like like yelling
4: about something. <laughs> Sorry,
3: should Finally.
1: Well, at least if you're wearing leather, that bike will be happy to see you.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's true. There you go. No, he hates me now. It's the end. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. Uh, John Leguizamo
1: or George Lopez?
3: Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Lopez. Great. I do like
1: I do like Leg I do like Lopez though. I actually enjoyed his show, his uh, sitcom. Hmm. Yeah,
4: I I don't really I'm not too familiar with John Leguizamo. His stand-up at least, so that's why. But George Lopez has been out for a long time. Yeah. All uh,
3: right. That was the first comedy album I ever owned, was John Leguizamo. Oh, um, And I And I still think about jokes from that. Like he had a joke where he said, like, he had this feminist girlfriend, and at some point she's like, why do they have to say this with masculine words? Why is it always masculine? Herpes, why not him piece? And I, <laughs> I think of those jokes all the time.
0: Mm.
3: That's funny. It is it? funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Leguizamo had, had a lot of good stand-ups in the 90s. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I do like yeah, his serious big. roles, though. Oh, yeah, he, he's also a good actor, too. Um, another one, uh, Pete Holmes or Bill Burr? Mm, Burr.
2: Burr.
1: Billy, Billy Redface. <laughs>
0: oh, jeez. <dude>. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I like
4: Pete Holmes a lot, but, I mean, Bill Burr, I think. I don't know. He's in contention for, like, the best in the business right now. You know, he's one of the best in the
3: world. Peter Holmes has well-structured jokes. Like, he's a great joke writer. And they do absolutely match his personality. But it seems like he is performing. Whereas Bill Burr just seems to be ranting.
0: Yeah.
3: I like that, like, a little bit rougher style.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's
3: true.
2: Yeah.
4: And no one's better at that black belt stuff, really, than Bill Burr. Well, Chappelle's been
3: at it, too. But
4: pretty yeah.
3: much everything he does didn't he improvise like what was it 30 minutes or 20 minutes to piss off the audience that was yelling at every other comic oh yeah in
4: philadelphia bill burke oh, yeah. like that was like 15 years ago <clears throat>
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's
4: kind of what blew him up sort
0: of oh yeah when he gave uh, philadelphia that stern talking to <laughs> <laughs> For like yeah. 10 minutes. i need to find that <laughs> oh yeah he goes in on philly and yeah, yeah like 15 minutes straight and he's like and he counts on every minute like 11 minutes left 10 minutes left <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. 6 minutes left and i am be selling my CD you motherfuckers
4: <laughs> yeah the crowd I guess been booing everyone all night long yeah. and they booed Dom Herrera or somebody a friend of his right before yep. so he went out and he was just like fuck these people and he just <laughs> made fun of but he pulled like every historical reference on earth about Philadelphia out of his brain he oh, made fun yeah. of everything you can imagine about the city
2: it was yeah. pretty great Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah, quite quite the legendary set. Um, also, for uh, for food, uh, this or that, uh, pineapples on pizza, yes or no? No.
3: Yes.
0: Thank you. See, uh, Kirsten knows the truth. Frank,
4: um, she's a sociopath.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, You're thank awesome. you! You're thank
4: awesome. you! <laughs> it's a deep mental problem. It's some kind of psychopathy. That makes people want to put tomato sauce with pineapples.
3: Thank you. But, but, like, there's so many cultures that do that. Name one. Indian people. They
4: don't put pineapples in tomato yeah, they sauce. Eat lots of pineapples. What? I think you're no, just making like, no,
3: this like, so Everyone like, knows the Indian subcontinents. In Southeast Asia. It's this part for you guys.
0: <laughs> <Good ball. laughs> I, 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 for one, agree with Kirsten that pineapples do belong on pizza.
1: And I agree with Frank that people who like that are complete sociopaths.
2: <laughs> yeah, crazy people.
0: It's all right. It's it's all it's all in the – you don't use pineapple from a can. You, you use a fresh-cut pineapple rings to distribute it around the pie. That's the secret.
1: Plus with chili and salt, a little mm-hmm. chili and salt. Or for you can just – or uh, uh, equal <laughs> – just don't do that. That'd be good too. Oh that. Or you just just rather just eat your own shit. <laughs> you best. could.
3: Just smear it. No, I've Wait, never had a um, after I eat my pineapple pizza.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I've never
4: had it with I don't think I've ever had a pineapple pizza with fresh pineapple. Mm. That's probably a bit better, but it still sounds pretty bad.
0: It is. I'd say keep an open mind, and if you still don't like it, then, hey, you know, at least I'm I'm willing
2: to try it. I'll try it
3: again. If you you made a curry, curry, right, and you put a little pineapple and raisin and some nuts in there and a little spice, it'll work fine. Hmm.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay, that's the second widest thing that you can do. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Raisins.
1: (laughs)
0: Okay, Something to think about. Um, I'm sociopath. Uh, Oh, um, (laughs) also, uh, on on the music front, and this is one that Carl and I have always uh, debated on, uh, what is the better Michael Jackson album, Off the Wall or Thriller?
4: I'm way more
3: familiar with Thriller, so I have to say Thriller. Okay, I have never listened to a full album, but it would also say Thriller.
0: All right, I'll take it. Good.
3: Like
4: really a, like a few years ago we were in a car with some of the comics and we listened to the entirety of Thriller and I was like Honestly, I don't care what he did. To who? To what kids. I don't care anything that went on. Because Thriller is that good. <laughs> like, if you gotta throw him a kid every now and again for him to make Thriller
1: I'm done. <laughs> Thriller is
3: so good. The album is so good. Do You want to ask if, it's, if there's any
0: subjects off topic anymore? Uh, oh my the, god! The, the words, uh, the words and opinions expressed by uh, <laughs> by Frank Anthony Gazzaro on the Codex Park Podcast are his and his alone. They do not necessarily reflect those. <laughs> of, oh
2: on
1: man! This podcast. But oh god, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's they're so his words, though. but that was funny. Yeah. Every
4: that it, sentence. It, <laughs>
0: it it is a classic album, though I I, I will agree. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. every
4: song on there. Every song on there is like a hit song.
0: Yeah. You know
4: you, you know the words to every
1: goddamn song. Listen to Off the Wall, then come back and see us.
0: I'll listen to Off the Wall. I haven't listened to that to start to finish. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Carl, All do, you, right. do you
3: have any uh, this
1: or that? Oh, man. Okay. In Living Color or a Chappelle show?
3: Chappelle show. You I never actually... watched in Living Color. He I
4: was... think technically Chappelle's show is better, but I'm going to pick a living color.
3: Yeah. Because yeah. I grew
4: up with a living color,
3: and I, I love that. I would get home from school at like 2 in the afternoon, Chappelle's show would be on, and I'd watch it.
1: Oh, so you were born in like 1995.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Seriously?
3: Yeah. No. no. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an 80s baby. 87. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And Living Color is not available for streaming, because that, that was the show. That was
4: the shit, man. It was on, like, Hulu or something for at least a little while, and I remember watching some of them, and I was like, this is, today it would be, like, beyond, it just wouldn't be, it's not makeable. You couldn't make it. No, you can't. You know, you couldn't make a handyman sketch today.
1: Ooh. As hilarious as
4: they are, the show is
1: so good. It was so good. It's a lot of things that we couldn't they like even just like going back watching it, it's just like how in the world was we able to get away with so much of the things that they were saying. And yeah. it's still funny.
4: It really is. I mean the cast of In Living Color, that's that's one of the best casts of any TV
1: show ever. I believe <laughs> I a hundred percent agree. Yeah.
3: So Have you guys good. ever seen uh, Strangers with Candy?
1: I remember the commercial, but never got into the show.
3: It's like so ridiculously inappropriate. What <laughs> what, what is your favorite example of that, Frank? Well, I, well it's... There's a scene where somebody s-
4: says... It's hard to explore. Oh, there's a whole bunch. I don't even want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. Just give one. Look up the episode, I think it's called They All Want Cake, okay. and watch that episode. And if you walk away like, this show's not funny, then then I
3: don't know what to tell you. Then you don't have a sense of humor. It's so funny. Then you don't like pineapple on your pizza.
1: <laughs> I guess I'll hate that show then. <laughs> look,
3: look up the episode, They All Want Cake. They I don't want to spoil. I can't
0: spoil. Okay. All right. Yep. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. look that up. Um, Plus
3: Mel Brooks. Mel
0: Brooks. Like, okay, yeah. In-
3: any of his movies, well, Young Frankenstein would, but Blazing Saddles, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Blazing Saddles. Like, I mean, for the context, uh, in the, the, the times it came on the seventies, it killed. But now it's like, you, know, you couldn't. Not only could you not do that, it's just like, even even taking some of my, some of the risque, most risque jokes aside, like it just wouldn't work in today's era, you know.
3: Ah, uh, I wish it would though. Mm. Not, yeah. not like, I don't know, I just love things that aren't PC. I don't know why. It's not I, It's not nice. I don't think a, but i But I just don't like to give words that much power. But, some words, yes. I don't know. I'm gonna stop <laughs> talking before I bury myself in this hole some more. <laughs> it's, it's called Who Wants Cake, not The all want Cake.
2: Who but,
1: Wants Cake, yeah. Right.
4: Yeah, I feel like it plays in saddles. I think people would get mad if, if just some white dude did it. Hmm but if there was, but if the writer or the directors, were, if it was more diverse then like,
1: maybe it could
3: work out. I guess Even it depends me, on the marketing really. Every, neither of us is committing to anything. Cause we're like, I don't know if this is the wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say like, it, 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 it largely depends. Um, like it largely depends on like who's telling the joke and like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm pretty sure with that
4: movie, um, uh, Mel Brooks brought Richard Pryor on to write parts of it for that reason, because it was there was so much racial stuff in it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You
4: know.
1: Okay, I actually got a good question. If you can put together like a four-man tour, four-person tour, excuse me, of like of um, of Rhode Island comics, who would you put together, other than yourselves?
4: Do I have to bring her at all?
3: It's other than us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to disappoint you by telling you he wouldn't make the list. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think I'd, I would do... Sorry, go. Do you have it? I was just going to rattle
4: off my closest friends, I'd so say, I'd say Brian Bowden, J.J. Jones, Kirsten.
3: JJ's not from JJ's in Massachusetts.
4: I know, but he's he's in, he's here on more than he's in Mass. That's fine.
3: Breaking the rules. <laughs> I know. Okay. I would do Brian. Probably uh Ray Harrington.
1: Ray
3: Harrington is good. Yep. Yeah, he's um, tremendous. I can still use Derek Fonseca. I'm um, sorry, not Derek Fonseca. Derek uh, Furtado. Sorry, Derek Fonseca. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so sorry.
1: I have to go. Yeah. I'm oh. very, very sorry. Thank you for having me. This was oh. a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh trust me. We'll do, we'll do it again. We will yeah, definitely we'll do it again. We'll have to have you guys on, too. All
3: right. All right. I got to go. I'll see you all guys all later. Right.
0: later. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Have a good night. See you. All right. Sorry. All right.
3: He's recording another podcast for his, his thing. Oh uh, gotcha. Yeah, That's cool. JD Ryan Bowden, you must have heard his ears. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um Yeah, because if if I would put one together, I would I would definitely have Bad Lad.
3: Oh, I love him.
2: Yeah,
1: oh that's my guy. Yeah, that's my guy. That's like my big brother. Um yeah. Lad uh Mr. Kuze. Um, I don't know if I know who that is. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious. Um, Black Sav and Chuck and Brad. Together.
3: Chuck, well, do they count as one person? I think you have to pick Chuck or Brad.
1: Really? I like them both together, though. <laughs> no, no,
3: no, 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 no. I think this is fun. Let's pick one right
1: now. Go. <laughs> what? Oh, damn. Would I? I'll go with Brad. I'll go with Chuck.
3: <laughs> okay. Well done. I yeah. will let them know
1: half of you love the other half. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're, uh, Chuck and Brad are the white versions of us. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, Wole is really good too. Mm. Have you seen him? What's, what's his name? Wole.
1: Wole, no, I haven't.
3: He so he and uh, Black Savage work together a lot. Um, I love Black Savage. I know he probably doesn't think I do. Even though he yelled at me on stage one time, I pronounced his wrong his name a little bit wrong. I always pronounce his name wrong. I can't say his first name. I suck at it. (laughs) And he like kicked me and he's like, say it and I was like, oh god, no.
1: (laughs) Oh see, he knew what he was doing. He was making you say his name. Yep.
3: And you know what I didn't do? Say his name. name. skins are stubborn people
1: <laughs> oh man <I> was...
3: <laughs> but he's good man he has a lot of he has a lot of potential i want to see him like define his acts a little bit
1: yeah i do i do catch him whenever i do the uh where's the funny shows that happen at alchemy once a month
2: yeah. um oh man
0: oh i have another uh this or that question uh for comedy films um For uh, two of Eddie Murphy's most well-known. Oh, jeez. Coming to America or Harlem Nights?
3: Coming to America.
0: There you go. Correct answer. But
3: I haven't seen Harlem
0: Nights. You're not missing anything. No,
1: Harlem Nights is
0: great. It's not. It is great. Um, Let me explain to you why Harlem Nights isn't great. And, we've, and Carl and I have had this debate with uh, multiple guests on the show. Carl um, Knight's, if, if you're not aware, it's Eddie Murphy's one and only uh, directorial uh, uh, effort, uh, mm. film effort. And for good reason. because um to stick up the ass critics. Because, you know, Eddie Murphy, I mean, Eddie Murphy did something. How is actually extraordinary for this one thing? Eddie Murphy did this one thing where he took all these legendary uh, comedians, black comedians at the time. You had Red Fox, uh, Richard Pryor, uh, Della Reese. And, and Arsenio Hall and many others and he managed to make the film unfunny for the almost, two, for almost hilarious. two hours. It's, it's an amazing thing to see. It's like it's you, a, you're watching it and I'm just like <laughs> I'm it's It's a, 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 a two-chuckle
1: film. Oh, two no. film. Oh no.
0: A two-chuckle film. Oh no. watch this now.
2: Yes, please
1: watch this, watch yeah. this and then come back and then tell us what you think. So
3: I also love him in Trading Places.
1: Oh, that's greatness! He was good in that, yeah, yeah,
0: D- Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Harlem Nights. It's um, it's like it's like one of those films where you you could tell that all the actors involved had more fun riffing off camera, and then when they t- when it was time to like do the scripted material, they just didn't have it. It's I like, would amazing. love to see those. I would love
1: to see Harlem Nights outtakes. That's I'll pro- probably be a better movie than what we got. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it would be funnier be because it's more natural, but honestly, it would probably be just as funny.
3: That happens though. Like if you're if you're on stage and you do a little bit of crowd work, it's so much in the moment that people laugh really hard at it, and then when you go back to the stories you're telling, a lot of times they'll be like, no, no, I don't like this, and you're like, but I worked on that one. Like, <laughs> that was that was the one you were supposed to like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so who is, a co- who is a comedian that you would love to like open for, like your dream show?
3: Honestly, I already love that. Really? Um, yeah, if I quit tomorrow, I'd be happy. Um, there's definitely other comics I'd like to open for, but um, I got to open for not only Big J. um, Have you seen him at all?
1: I've heard that name, but I don't think I've sat here and watched him. I probably have, but just didn't know his name at the time, but I remember hearing that name before.
3: He's he's fantastic. He does a lot of a lot of crowd work, and he's so comfortable on stage that you kind of instantly feel like he's your best friend. And then he goes brutal on someone in the audience, and it's beautiful. Um, so in the same weekend, I opened up for him, and then on Sunday, I opened up for Dave Attell. Oh, oh yeah, okay. nice. So, I like if I die tomorrow, I'm happy about what I did in comedy.
1: Okay, now. What, who, who are some comedians that you believe are underrated?
3: I think Nate Bragazzi for sure. Um, he, his jokes are so subtle. He writes in a way where it doesn't sound like he's telling jokes, but there are jokes just like really just sewn into it so well that you don't know. And it's still really funny. Um, I think he's really good. I think that Mike Beckione, I think is one of the, best like writers i think he's amazing um not a lot of people even know who he is but you know it, it's, i i told people i was opening up for david Tal, and they were like who so like comics aren't always well known right yeah Right. um but yeah those I, those guys i think are really underrated
1: yeah brad williams definitely i love brad williams
3: i haven't seen him yet but i know he's good like i know he's good
1: Oh, uh, uh, oh! Watch it! Watch his stand-up, fun science. It's on YouTube, actually. Okay. Yes, he's a um, little person. Okay. Oh my God, he's. Everyone Just, says he's
3: the nicest person. He's wicked funny. Like, he seems like a really good dude.
1: Yep, and I missed it. I missed his comedy connections um, performance. I was so mad.
3: I bought tickets to see a, uh, one of my favorite musicians the other day, and I just didn't—I didn't realize it happened. The day just passed. My Wait. friend was like, "How was the concert?" I was like, "Motherfucker!"
0: <laughs> ah, oh, dang, so close, but yet yeah, so far. That's <laughs>
1: awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh,
0: well, I, I have, I have one—a uh, question I'm, I'm curious about. Uh, I'm sure, as a as a comedian, you've heard of the. Uh, that's like the infamous uh, joke amongst uh, comedi- comedians known as the Aristocrats.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Have you um, have you ever uh, performed that joke yourself, or have you seen somebody uh, perform uh, their version of the joke? And if so, like, you have a
3: uh, yeah, not in one? person. Um, it's definitely something that's really well known, but I've never seen anyone do it in person. Mm. Um, but that's not a bad idea. Maybe we'll bring that back and see what happens.
0: Yeah, because um, and and. Uh, for and if 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 you're not familiar with the Aristocrats, uh, uh, Carl, it's a it's a joke where, where the, the punch people know the punchline. The punchline is and we call the we call it, we call it the Aristocrats, and it's like the whole thing is like, a, com- a comedian's like pitching this act called the Aristocrats, but how they get to the punchline, they do the most, they say the most grossest, most vile, most awful, fucked up things you can imagine. Just like and it's and it's mostly improv and. It's just absolutely disgusting and poor taste. And then at the end is, and we call ourselves the aristocrats. So it's all about the journey, the nasty fucked up journey of getting to that punchline. Um, the one example that I know of was Gilbert, the late Gilbert Gottfried. That's what
3: I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Who I, I listened to a clip of his on YouTube where he was going through the joke and I'm like, what the fuck? This is like an endurance test. <laughs>
3: he was the best the best at doing like a super sick joke super sick and it's just for this is one of those things where like the timing matters right like do you Mm. say this one time or do you say it 30 times right um so we saw him not that long ago so he's actually the the first date we went on was to see him at the comedy connection
2: wow awesome
3: because i had never been there before he did 20 minutes with like a one inch piece of uh masking tape Wow. Like, it doesn't even sound feasible. Mm. Um, but the last time I saw him, he ended with a joke about um, a little boy little boy coming home, and he's so excited. He tells his dad, Dad, I just did my first blowjob. And the dad's like, oh, I'm really proud of you. And he goes, yeah, it tasted really bad. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> and
3: he went on for like 20 minutes. Like imagine that a little boy with cum on his mouth, a little boy with cum all over his mouth, and for like twenty minutes just kept saying that. Oh my and god! And like, it's just too much, right? But it's too much to the point where it's funny instead of being like, oh, that's really terrible.
1: Oh man,
0: yeah, it's like um, I think it's like that. It's like that, that that comedy principle where like if you you go over the line twice or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So one thing I did ask uh Mr. Kuzie this what what are some famous uh, comedy clubs that you would like dream like your that you would dream to perform in?
3: Um I would love to do uh the cellar. That's like the number mm. one out of mm. all of them. Um it's in New York City. It is one of like if you get past at the cellar, you're golden. Um, definitely there. I'd like to do Gotham in New York. Um, I'd like to go out to Austin and do some clubs out there. But, like, the big one for me would be The Cellar. I'd be, I, again, would die a happy person. Yeah,
2: wow. I usually
1: hear, hear like, The Laugh Factory or Caroline's on Broadway.
3: Yeah. One of those. The Cellar is, like, it's, it's... They even had um, they had a show about it on Comedy Central, um, but it's like everyone who's who's amazing performs there. So when we went, uh, we saw um, Godfrey, uh, Dan Soder, a bunch of other like really famous. It's like where tell goes to just stop by. tell was there that night too. Oh, um, yeah. Like, they just do 10 minutes. It's not even, you get multiple super famous comics for, like, 10 minutes each. Oh, yeah.
1: Didn't Dave, Dave Attell have a TV show in the 90s?
3: Yeah, yeah. The Insomniac with Dave Attell.
1: Yep. Hmm. That was yeah. the, I grew it was up out,
3: watching
1: that. I'm, like, hearing, I was hearing you saying it, I was like, it was on Comedy Central,
3: wasn't it? Yeah. You didn't you didn't know who Dave Attell was, did you?
1: I remember hearing the name, and I probably watched the show once, and I just haven't really like.
3: That's so follow, funny.
1: I haven't followed him, but it was one of those names like yo Dave Dave Attell. I remember him. <laughs> like I remember yeah. him. Yeah.
3: He is he is like honestly, if you have there's a there's an album called Skanks for the Memories. I if like you want to be PC, don't listen to it at all. Um, but you like give you, you're not doing yourself any honor by not having listened to it. It is so perfectly written and the jokes are just like punch, 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 punch one after the other so fast. Right. Um, amazing. He's an amazing, amazing writer.
0: Yeah, solid recommendation. I'll definitely check out that check that out. Yeah.
1: as a matter of fact, let me write that one down. That's skanks for
3: the skanks for the memories.
1: <laughs> That's fun. I do I do love the the wordplay.
3: Yeah, it's 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 remarkably because it's dirty. It's super dirty, but it's so perfectly well written that I don't care if it's dirty at all. <laughs>
1: That is hilarious. What else you got? Um, it was, I'm always. I'm always forgetting. I see. I didn't have the chance to write all these questions down that I had. So now. Um, oh, speak, uh, speaking. Going back to um, uh, the, the, the
0: this or that with sketch comedy. I know we mentioned *In Living Color* earlier. Uh, for another, th- this or that, uh, SNL or Mad TV. SNL. Yeah. I go with Mad TV because. Um, interesting. What do you think of SNL like overall? Just out of curiosity. Currently? Um yeah, current both currently and like in, in like past years. I think
3: I think the humor doesn't stand up. Um like if you watch the really old stuff, we watch it and we laugh because it's nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But if you put something out like that today, I don't think the humor would stand up. However, I also don't think the humor today stands up because it's terrible. Um, (laughs) and like, we all say that, right? We all say this cast is not the best cast. The last one was, um, but like, I think the women are really strong right now. I think the men are okay. Um, but I, it's, it's always been something that's really funny to me. It's always had such great actors on it. Like, especially the old guys. I love old comedy, even though it's not super popular, um but like gilda radner and um uh jim belushi nope john belushi (laughs) yep steve martin all those guys like they were just so funny
0: yeah yeah like like classic snl like it it does have staying power like i agree especially with that with that lineup um I would say like I would say like Mad TV is is I dare say underrated. Like it, I I felt like it didn't really get its due, um when it when it was on the air. But looking back at like looking back like multiple like cl- uh, clips on YouTube, I was like, wow, well, this is actually funnier than I remembered. A lot of this what this stuff was. You
1: yeah. know, what it is Mad TV had characters. It,
0: it, yeah. It, like yeah they yeah they were they put the sketch in sketch comedy. Yeah. So
1: yeah. they yeah. yeah they had certain characters that you know. That still, you know, that stay with you. Like, um, I forget the character's name, but Alex Bornstein played her, the Oh, Miss Swan? Miss Swan, yeah. Looking like a man. Mm-hmm. Um, And then there was another one. It was gonna, and they really did have a decent cast, too. Like, Will Sasso, Deborah Wilson. Um, yep. Uh,
0: Phil Lamar, Brian Callen. Yeah. Um, oh, Key and Peele. Jordan Peel, Keegan-Michael Key. They
2: were in there? Yeah, they were on Mad uh, TV.
0: Yep. in the later seasons, uh, Michael think... McDonald. Uh, yeah, Michael McDonald, uh, Mo Collins. Uh, yeah, they they had a they had a squad. Yeah, Bobby Lee. Yeah, like they like Mad TV. Like people should give them their more 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 props. Like mm. I think it was, I think they didn't get their due. They didn't get their flowers when they were on the air. But looking back, it's like, huh, this is actually held yeah. held up pretty well. There's a reason why they lasted well over a
1: decade. Yeah, which is way longer
0: than I, I thought.
3: Are... Would. Right. Mad TV in Living Color and Harlem Nights.
1: Uh, right? Oh yeah, we're giving you a list. No, watch Harlem Nights. Don't listen to him. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm an open book. I'll, I'll just watch and, and judge. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's all we ask. I mean, it's not like we're asking you to watch a snuff film. Oh God,
2: no.
3: Fair. Fair. I wouldn't <laughs> judge that. So.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what? we wouldn't do it to you. We, I have.
0: You know,
3: no one can hear me. Like pull back,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. I mean, the, the the film that Carl's alluding to, it's not a snuff film, but it's a piece of shit. It, it's one of those like old exploitation films from. Um, it was back in 1980. It was called Cannibal Holocaust.
3: Okay. Yeah. It, okay.
0: Don't don't watch it. Don't bother. Don't yeah. waste your time. It's it, it was just exploit exploitation trash. Is
3: that, it? What is it? Is it? like historical is
0: it no like it's um it's a it's an exploitation film that it, it was one of those like exploitation exploitation films that was underneath the mondo genre and the mondo genre back in like it had its heyday like the 70s and 80s where there were horror films that were made to look as realistic and gritty as possible and they were shot in documentary style oh. to the point where audiences couldn't really tell if they were watching just like elaborate uh Made, made up footage or like real people getting killed okay um, and Cannibal that Holocaust seems like a great idea <laughs> yeah and uh Cannibal Holocaust was a film, a film that was at the forefront of that Mondo genre and yeah it, it's a reprehensible movie and 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 and, 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 and as speaking as someone who loves like dark like dark material and like you know dark, hey, cute, yeah. dark humor and like really gritty stuff even that was a, that was beyond my acceptable limits and my acceptable limits are pretty vast for like darkness and cinema, so
3: yeah. Who were the
1: who are the who are the zombies? The Nazis or the Jews? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's not even not, here's
0: the thing. Not, I do no know Holocaust the references.
3: Nazis the Jews are fighting. One of them is a zombie this time for some
0: reason. Uh, uh, I, even about um, Holocaust. Yeah, uh, despite the title, um, it has nothing to nothing do nothing with to do Germany, with Nazi Germany. It, it was just like uh these um these uh, tribes in um somewhere in South America. And okay. yeah, like they were, all, and they were cannibals, and like they were eating all the. Well, they were eating the this this white documentary crew going there, trying to you know rape and pillage and practice their own version of colonialism, and they paid the price. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the, the movie's just not. Yeah, I I don't recommend it at all. Like okay. it's it's beyond acceptable <laughs> limits of.
3: I'm very misled by that title.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And they really killed animals making that movie. Animals were harmed really? in the film. Yeah. They did, yeah. Um, which I I r I didn't watch any of that. I just put my hand up and just hit fast forward. I sat through that. Life. I sat through it. I think I cringed over one. An I cringed over two scenes, which is it didn't age well too, so it's like between these standards, like you can handle it, but it's just like if you're, you know, if you're an animal person, I wouldn't recommend it.
3: What kind of animal?
1: Uh a muskrat a dog
3: would be really sad, but if it's like a ferret, who cares? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love it I love, I I work at a animal house,
1: but I love it. A tur a turtle was one of them. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, it,
1: it's, it's not pleasant.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's disgusting.
1: It's one of our crazy bets that we have done.
0: I think I, I think I have the lead when it comes to our bets. Yeah. I, th- I think so. Like, I'll take your word for it. I'm not keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either so.
3: what was that? What bet did you lose or win?
1: um so that one was when the video game when the video games came out, we had a um oh, video game awards. yeah, the video game awards. Yep. so we just made we made our picks and whoever whoever had the most uh wins um i no, yeah, if Vic won. I had to watch Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. And if I won, Vic had to watch Blank Man and Media Man, both movies that he couldn't stand. Okay. At the time. I won, so he watched those movies, but just out of curiosity, because he brought this up, he brought this movie up to us like a long time ago. And I just always been curious about it. He always would say, like, despite all the messed up movies that he's watched, he he just said, oh, I will never watch this. 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 So, curiosity killed the cat. I just said, you know what? I still, even though I won, I'm going to watch it. And I just just sat through it and watched it.
3: You regretted that every second of it.
1: Oh, really? I was just like. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can handle. It. I don't, I don't get too emotionally invested in stuff. Like I don't cry in movies or TV shows. I don't. I, don't, I just look at it. I'm like, all right. I'm just entertain me. And I was just like, oh, this yeah. is it. Okay. Yeah. And so, how did I get
0: you to watch it? No, because I, 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 um. I think we had, we had a guest on the show. Who who was it? Was it No, it wasn't Roberto. It was some I think we had somebody on the show and, and then I and I we shook on it. I said that I said that um it was Roberto. Oh, okay, yeah, it was Roberto Roberto Gonzalez of Steambox. All right. And I said that I would watch I would watch the film. Um just just to get it over with because I because I had mentioned it uh, uh, you know rec- over the years that over that we had the podcast. So I figured, well, you know it I'll just get it. I'll just. I'll just get it out of the way since I mentioned it before, and I mentioned that that was the film that I would refuse to watch for years, and I watched it, and I was like, yeah, I've, no, no, this, this is, this is beyond, this is beyond what I can tolerate. So, uh, but I mean, at least, at least after that film, I had a palate cleanser. I watched one of uh, Roberto Gonzalez's favorite movies, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, as a palate cleanser, <laughs> and, and I, and I had a ball with that. So. You know, so it was all good. It all worked out in the end. So I, I, I was able to scrub most <laughs> of the <laughs> animal Holocaust from my brain afterwards.
3: Um, speaking of dead animals, did you, you guys know about My alone Otis, right? Oh
0: yeah, I remember that. Uh, it was a movie, right? Back in the, back in the, was it late 80s, early 90s?
3: About a pug and an orange kitten. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Apparently. They don't have rules in Japan where it was filmed for treatment of animals. Um, so you remember that part with the waterfall where the kitten drowned?
0: Vaguely. Yeah. It's been mad.
3: Happy Childhood. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> yeah, they went like through several animals because there just were no rules to protect them.
0: Oh, oh that's horrible.
3: Oh <laughs> it's my really God. really
0: bad. Oof. <laughs> yeah that's that's that is that is that is not okay wow that is so wow. not
2: okay
3: wow. oh. i'm just ruining things one memory at
1: a time oh jesus oh one the one of the things that i did ruin my childhood was that for the one, lion king's my all my all-time favorite disney movie yeah okay don't judge me lion king is the best one ever of all time they use tigers for the lion's raw instead of lion's Oh really?
3: That's not. That's that ruins it a little yeah.
0: bit. Why tigers instead of
1: lions? Their roars were able. You were more projected than the lions.
0: Hmm. Oh, they were stronger, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was awful. Oh, that's, that's, that's...
3: Was it what, the new Lion King or the old Lion King?
1: The old Lion King. Okay. Oh,
3: that's... I mean, I still like that all better than the new one. Yeah, I would. Despite that fact.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the yeah the, the new one I didn't even bother. I,
1: I, I, I... I, I'd say check it out. I, did, they, I
2: watched
1: it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool for what it was, but I think it could have been... What it did is just that they made it too real. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they just showed no, like, the animals showed no emotion, where it's like, all right, you can throw some animation in there. Yeah. So, and Beyonce is just a bad actress. <laughs>
3: didn't they also not include, like, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts?
1: Yeah, they didn't but yeah, that wasn't in there.
3: That's a huge mistake. That's a huge mistake. Yeah.
1: I mean, they kept the lion sleeps tonight, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Like honestly, if they wanted to do that, they could have just kept the original audio, yep, and did the real life stuff. I would have been even happier.
3: Oh yeah, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah like, we can do this ourselves. So I'm pretty sure it'll take like 90 years, but we can probably do it
1: <laughs> with today's technology. Take about an hour. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, part-
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to your point, I didn't bother with the Lion King remake because because it, it's like it's like what's the point of like having photorealistic lines that can't really be expressive as their their animated counterparts? It's like, oh, we're just doing this just to be, just to, just because it looks cool. Mm. And it's like, well, just because you have the technology doesn't mean that you should do it. I mean... that's what it was. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: You know, it was was just an exercise in unnecessary style. And I was just like, eh, I have the original, but... Yeah, it, it's a, it's a it's also weird. It's also weird because they're they're actually making a sequel to uh, to the remake. Um, no. Yeah. Wait,
3: leave it alone.
1: Leave
3: it
1: alone. Yeah. Awesome. Hollywood's not Beyonce
0: original no more.
3: Oh, what's that? Is Beyonce in it again?
1: Probably. <laughs> yeah, they need that star power. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: It's like Lady and the Tramp. I don't
1: know why they did Lady and the Tramp in real life, too. Yeah. I didn't even see it. I was selling. I think that was like the original selling point of Disney Plus and just. Yeah. Okay. Did you see the second coming to America? No. It's actually not bad. Didn't need it. We didn't need it, but it was still pretty good. It was still good.
3: Okay, I'll add
1: that to the list as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't That's go cool. on in with your like. Yeah, I know we're just adding on and adding on and adding on. You only gave us one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I can recommend things. Well, Mike oh. Mike Vecchione. I think it's called a different kind of thoughtful. I want to say. Was mm-hmm.
1: oh, that a comedy album? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, I'm writing this one down. I'm gonna watch it so Really,
3: be. really joke dance.
1: Mm. Okay. Uh, what we
0: what, uh, what are what would you say are like your top top five or top three to top five uh, stand up specials slash comedy albums that you would recommend for us and our listeners?
3: Mm. So that is difficult for me because I don't like to listen to comedians. Mm. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to find the album. So I can tell you exactly. Hold, please. <laughs> the uh, worst kind of thoughtful. That's what it yes. is.
1: Okay. What was it? The worst what?
3: Worst kind of thoughtful. Worst kind of thoughtful. All right. Okay. And Dave Dave Attell, who again, amazing. Um, he's actually one of the ones that said to like that Mike Vecchione was one of his favorite up and coming comics
2: mm-hmm. okay um, all
3: right all
2: right. Yeah, definitely
3: you know, right i don't watch comedy um because i like sometimes i worry that i'm going to pick up part of their act part of their personality or i'll write a joke that's too similar to theirs mm. so the more i don't listen the more plausible deniability i have however i don't necessarily learn as many tricks um but I will tell you, I've watched John Mulaney's New in Town so many fucking times. <laughs> yeah. So many. You practically,
1: um, like, memorize
2: it?
3: Yeah, for real. Like, I, I, for there was a little bit there that I could quote it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, people knocked Dane Cook, but, like, his first album was actually really well written. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I still say stuff from that album, and that was what... I was eighteen, so two years ago. What
2: was
1: that? Um, <laughs> what was it? Vicious Circle by Dan. Uh, Dan Cook's Vicious Circle, I think that was a good one.
3: I think that's the third one, but I don't remember the first one, what it's yeah. called. But like, I still say things like relationships, like when it's, you know, it's still, it's funny. Um, there's a part, I think it's in the first one where he goes, you can have the house of your dreams, anything you want dreamers. And I still say that like anything you want dreamers all Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, the car alarm song, that's like classic. Um, you guys don't know that at all. Do you? No. Yeah.
2: Don't. Mm.
3: It's he made up a song to the car alarm, which goes something like, hello. Hello. I'm a car, gasoline makes me run, see belts, radio knobs, and it's just like one more verse of that, but I still sing it when I hear that.
2: Uh,
1: I feel like if I do it, if I listen to it, I will probably do that too.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It gets, it's very catchy.
1: Oh man. Oh man, so anything else you got, Vic?
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's all the questions. Uh, all of this or that's I had that I could come up with. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh,
1: but Kirsten, thank you for coming on. We finally did it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. It's my, uh, I'm actually quitting my job. No one knows yet. Um,
2: well, <laughs> <here> first.
3: Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully no one's watching. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh. Yeah, I I'm switching things so my schedule is like ridiculous and trying to just figure all that out. But thank you so much for being patient and rescheduling with me. I really appreciate that.
1: Trust me, it was no problem. I was I was, I was happy to finally get this you know finally to get um get this going. Uh, tell the good people where they can find you at.
3: Um, Kirstenlogan.com is the easiest way. Um, K i r s t e n like a witch's curse on the number 10 (laughs) logan.com um yeah so the and uh, on instagram it's k curse and logan comedy oh okay it took me a while i'm (laughs) losing my mind (laughs) Nice. and then frank is on the wicked funny podcast um i don't think he has a website i don't think he's as good as me um so um but he's on facebook as well um yeah that's, that's it. and they have to have you on their podcast i'm gonna insist on that and uh, when i start a podcast uh hopefully soon i'd love to have you guys on at some point
1: oh we're already there we're already there just say when
3: hell yeah it's yeah. about uh nudist and they're no <laughs> i'm kidding uh it'll be it'll be something good I
2: know <laughs> be okay terrific yeah
1: looking forward to it oh man but yeah, uh, but yeah. Once again, thank you all for uh, um, tuning in and listening and watching. Uh, we got what we got coming up. We have uh We have the uh, Culture Fest coming up next week. Ah, that's next week, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, check us out. I'll be one of the main DJs on all the all weekend. And, uh, that's awesome.
3: Can, yeah. Sorry, I I'm sorry I didn't know you were a DJ. That's so cool. Oh yeah. Nice him. Oh, yeah, good job. <laughs> well, I,
1: we have each other's information, so. Let me know when you can use me at Comedy Connection. If
2: oh yeah, you guys have. I'm down. <laughs>
1: yeah, but um, yeah, we'll be giving up. we'll be having a table shooting content and giving away uh free comics as well. And then July 10th, I'll be DJing the Cape Verdean Fe- the official after party for the Cape Verdean Festival at 148. So uh, get your tickets in because that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge one. Where I'll be DJing for. Uh, With Big Show and DJ Lefty as well, Um, yeah.
0: Sweet, yeah. And uh, also, uh, we do want to give a shout out once again to our uh, sponsors. Uh, First, Silk City Hot Sauce, Uh, SilkCityHotSauce.com. Use the promo code CODEX, and you'll get fifteen percent off of your order as well and also uh big shout outs to infamous customs that's m-f-a-m-u customs uh, dot com you can also find the uh, uh, her stuff on instagram uh after the ward where you can order all sorts of codex prime uh, apparel and merchandise so yeah
1: so yeah there, you can find us everywhere obviously thank you on uh, facebook uh, facebook live thank you for watching um twitter codex prime cast um, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast and you can catch us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play iHeartRadio, Stitcher SoundCloud Google us, we find it. we're there
3: You they are out there, you guys are out everywhere
1: We trying, yeah. we <laughs> trying
3: <laughs> Yeah,
0: and, uh, yeah and, and once again uh, the road to episode 300 continues That announcement uh, will be made
1: really, really soon
0: Yeah so yeah so yeah episode 288 we're wrapping up here uh, so once again uh, Kirsten uh, thank you so much and once again big thanks to Frank uh, Gazzaro uh, for joining us um, we'll wrap it up here uh, as always uh, we will catch y'all on the flip peace out nerds.
2: play up